Welcome back to Silver Lake TV. I'm John Papa, and today's guest is a return guest, Karina. How are you doing? Good. How are you? Doing well. So you're now going to talk to us about wireframes. Wireframes. And basically we yes. talked a little earlier about how the idea is, you know, why do you do wireframes? What mm -hmm. are the benefits? And then not just wireframes, but kind of the process behind the design and how you avoid some of the cost yep. and applications that you can uh, incur if you don't do a little pre-thought. Right. Yeah, that's definitely what wireframes are good for is kind of the pre-thought. Um, and specifically, we're talking Windows Phone in this particular episode, right? Yeah, definitely. I'm going to focus on Windows Phone because I am going to do a little bit of a, a demonstration and mm -hmm. then drill into some of the, you know, talk specifically about some of the benefits that I've obtained when I'm, say, building my fake application um, by using the wireframing process. Um, but wireframing definitely applies to any kind of application. Yeah. And specifically, we could do phone here. We're also talking, exactly. obviously, Silverlight applications or, or any. You could be writing a COBOL application. It would be helpful to do you, some you wireframing in here. And I've done that. Sorry. You can tell the Wireframing your COBOL application. <laughs> but this is also a special episode for another reason, which you'll have to wait till the end to find out. But, yes. Um, so it's a very special episode of Silver Lake TV. And I yes. thank you for being on. Thank you. Thank with you. with that. So, um, so, yes. So, wireframes. So, what are wireframes? Well, wireframes are... I don't are, know. That's why you're here. <laughs> that's why I'm here. <laughs> I'm explain what wireframes are. It's a means of visually communicating an application experience. Um, they... Uh, are intended to depict the application flow again, whether it's a window, you know, like a Windows Phone application, mm -hmm. a desktop application, whatever the application may be, from start to finish. And it's really important that you, in your wireframes, touch on all the key functionality in the user experience uh, or user interactions that are going to take place in this application experience. Um, so why shouldn't I just go ahead and create all my screens as I go and refactor on the fly? And what's the problem with doing that? That is a if I've got a picture in my head, why can't I just make it happen? <laughs> excellent, excellent question. Um, you're probably working with other people and you probably have users that you're targeting yes. in your application experience. Um, if you're working with those other developers, not users, um, or in, you know, like the CEO, let's say you have a CEO of the organization that you're working for. It's stakeholders, yeah. Stakeholders, sorry. Yeah, stakeholders. Um, it's probably beneficial to communicate the intent of the application to all of these individuals. Before I create it, I should let them know what I'm going to create? Yeah, isn't that weird? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Um, <laughs> And not only like internal stakeholders, such as you know the business owner, you know the individuals mm -hmm. working with you on creating the application, but even the end users of the application, probably more importantly, the target users of your application, you probably want to get feedback from them to identify potential usability issues in the experience so that you can fix them before actually moving to the implementation phase. Kind of like what Susan was talking about in the episode she did with usability. Exactly. Okay. So we can Ex avoid some problems in advance if we just do a little pre-thought on paper or in wireframes. Exactly. And it's far less costly than moving to the implementation phase because it's a little bit easier to, for instance, if you're doing paper, you know, paper proto paper prototypes with pen and um, you know, pen or pen and paper and pencil or mm -hmm. something like that. Um, probably a little bit easier to make changes to that experience um, than, you know, changing a, a big code base or even we're a small not talking code spending base. a month doing this. This is something that's really easy and quick to do to kind of run through. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so I have a, a series of um, uh, PowerPoint slides here and we've kind of covered quite a few of these. You know, we, we like we really are targeting like feed, you know, like allowing stakeholders both internal and external mm -hmm. to give feedback on this experience um, that you're intending to create so that you can improve it and quickly iterate on it. Um, they are supposed to, I mean, the intent behind these wireframes is they're supposed to be really easy to do and you can choose the means of creating these wireframes that's most suitable for your particular right. needs. Pen and paper, 
Um, which is what I use. I oftentimes use that as well. Um, sometimes I'll take things a little bit more high fidelity and I'll actually use Photoshop and Illustrator. Um, you can use mm -hmm. Visio. Um, another thing that's really good. PowerPoint with some people. Exactly, PowerPoint, most definitely. Um, and then there's also Expression Blend plus Sketchflow or mm -hmm. Expression Blend. I'm going to actually walk through an example using Expression Blend plus Sketchflow. Um, so all of these are great tools, whatever, again, they suits you. They don't have to be exclusive you. either. You could start with one, like paper, and then move to Sketchflow and kind of iterate that way as well. Exactly. it's very doubtful, unless your app's extremely simple, that you're going to have one wireframe and that's going to be the one the users say, yes, everything's perfect. Exactly. Let's run. Exactly. And in fact, that's oftentimes the process that I use. I might start with pen and paper, you know, like do some block diagrams, yeah. then move to, you know, maybe Photoshop, um, do a little bit of more high fidelity mock-ups, and then Expression Blend when I want to, you know, plus Sketchflow or Expression Blend even when I want to drill into some of the functionality right. and get some of the, you know, feedback on that. Um, so yes, most okay. definitely. It's all the iteration. Mm-hmm. Um, so that brings us to, I'm going to go ahead and just dive into an example using Expression Blend plus Sketchflow. And a little bit about the application I'm going to build before we dive into it. It is going to be a very, very simple weather application. Okay. Um, I've never seen one of those here. I know, weird. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, you like I, I oftentimes apps. use <laughs> I, I have it pre-canned. It's ready to go. Um, very simple weather application. Mm -hmm. It's going to hook into GPS data and provide a five-day weather forecast for the location, okay. you know, for where you're currently at, as well as alert data for that particular location. So very, very simple and straightforward. Um, so let's go over to Expression Blend plus Sketchflow. Um, and I'm going to create a new project. File new. Awesome. File new project. And the Expression team just created these new Windows Phone uh, Sketchflow templates. They're available on CodePlex, and that's actually what I'm going to use, and that's the project template Great. that you're so seeing right here. so we just download it from a link, and they automatically hook into Sketchflow? Exactly. Right. We'll provide exactly. that link at the uh, end. Yeah. So I'm going to go ahead and name my application. That's a great name. Zero, zero? Zero, zero. <laughs> I haven't seen I them before, honestly. should have done 007. Agent 86? Exactly. Um, I'm going to zoom out. I hit control zero to zoom out so we can see what we get by default here um, when you create this project. And we could just talk a little bit about this. That's nice. I think so th this, if I can interrupt you just quickly, sure. this is not the standard normal Windows template, no. phone template. This is actually the Sketchflow template. Exactly. Which is kind of like the Buxton sketchy fonts that you use in Sketchflow. It Exactly. So it's you know it feels a little lower in terms of fidelity, which, which is expresses to the user right away. This is not your finished product. Once you see this, it's not done. Exactly. So yeah. maybe don't worry about like the visual appearance of things. Focus on the functionality. Right. So it's really good for those kind of purposes. Um, another thing you know that I want to call attention to is uh, these templates are providing like a main screen, which we're seeing right now, um, as well as a search screen, a home screen, which provides the tiles. And one of your um, application tiles is on the this tile page or this mm -hmm. home page, and then an application list also with your application tile. So it's just kind of nice. Some of the stuff's kind of pre-hooked up for you, which is really, really kind of nice and yeah. convenient. Um, all right, so let's go ahead and get started building this application. Show you how fast and easy it is. Okay. Um, I'm going to use a panorama experience, kind of as the basic structure of my application, um, because I want kind of this immersive, beautiful experience. Again, it is very, very simple, and a mm -hmm. panorama is going to be great for that. So, if I go into the Assets folder here, um, I'm going to just type Panorama, or Pan, and Panorama pops up. I'm going to click and drag it onto the surface here. 
Then I'm going to, I want it obviously to maximize and center in the available space, so I'm just doing some. Gonna uh, reset all the margins, okay. Exactly. Modifications to what we're seeing here. Maximize the width and height, and then uh, what I wanna do is I wanna name my panorama, the name of my application. And did you just drag a, what did you just drag onto the panorama there? Um, I actually didn't drag anything onto it. If I did, that was a mistake. Um, it does come with like these two panorama items. Oh, okay. So um, yeah, so those do come by default, which is you know really convenient. Um, and yep, you get two items by default, yeah. Yeah. You can add yeah. more, you could delete it. It would be kind of odd to have a panorama of one. But you could. <laughs> one item. <laughs> If you um, just want your page to fling back and forth, I guess. That'd be kind of weird, right? <laughs> so, you know, I'm going to do that now. <laughs> just to try it out? Yeah. Um, okay, so what I'm going to do now is I'm going to name the actual item in this panorama view, the panorama item. I'm going to name it Redmond. I'm hard coding it. In my real application, it would be hooked up to GPS data and auto. Right, some you kind know, of data binding would be there. Exactly, but for demonstration purposes and for the uh, wireframe purposes, I'm just going to hard code it. Okay. And I'm going to select this next panorama item. And that's a good point, because as you're doing that, I mean, when you're creating wireframes, yeah, you realize in a real app you wouldn't hard code these things, but it's okay to just pick some data in, in your wireframes to just represent and convey the message to the user. Exactly. You exactly. shouldn't get hung up on, geez, well, I gotta use data binding and, no, just get, the, get it to work. Exactly, yeah. Wireframes, I mean, it is all about communicating the mm -hmm. application experience. Of course, like implementation-wise, it doesn't have to be perfect. Right. Um, all that stuff could be worked out later. Another really great thing about Sketchflow and Blend is that there's a mock data or sample data that you can mm -hmm. take advantage of very easily. So I'm going to do that. I'm going to quickly... So to the data tab? Okay. Uh-huh. I went to the data tab and I'm going to create weather data. Uh, this is going to be for my five-day weather forecast. Okay. And then I'm going to create one more data set, sample data set. It's going to be my alerts data. Okay. And we'll explain what that is later. Mm-hmm. Yep. So this is two different sets of data, which mm -hmm. is kind of like, you know, think of it as two different data storage sets. I want to say data sets yes. going back in time, but that you're going to use with different information. Now, mm -hmm. how does it know that? How does it know that you need weather data there? How do you configure that? I am going to show you that right now. So, um, and where is my scroll bar? I think it's off the page. Oh, I have to expand this. <laughs> that would be my problem. Oh, there you go. Um, okay, so I'm going to actually define the items in this data set mm -hmm. right now. Blend, again, makes this very easy. It's a five-day weather forecast, so first of all, I'm going to um, specify the number of items in my data set. It allows me to do that quickly. There's the sample. And easily. Yep, yep, I can bring that back up. So and we have two different properties, it's called property one and two, which will change, but yep. this is the fake data. And one of them looks like a string, the other one looks like it's a Boolean? It is, yes. Okay. So that's what you get by default, and it's very easy to change. I'm going to change one of the items to an image. I have a nice little weather image that I want to use. I'm going to okay. go to my desktop, and I'm going to select the folder that is full of my weather images. I'm going to go ahead and just to make this a little bit more intuitive for me as I'm building the prototype. Spare image property. Mm -hmm. So it's the other one, like the temperature or something? Yeah, I'm actually going to do two. I'm going to do um, one is going to be a string, and it's going to have two words in it, max of 10 characters, max length in each word. And this is going to be the weather description. Okay, like partly sunny? Yeah, exactly. Or get out of town, it's Yeah, here. Run, it's <laughs> raining in Seattle. Um, the next one is going to be the temperature, so I'm just going to have this one be a number. 
and label it temper, temperature. And so this is the weather data. It's going to contain like a weather image, kind of a little mm -hmm. visual, so you can quickly look at the application and identify what the, you know, what the weather is going to be either today or for the next five days. And then there's going to be more details, the weather description itself, and then the temperature. Now, one quick aside I saw there might be helpful to point out. When you went to the image, you pointed the image source to a folder that I contains did. them. Could you show that again real quick? Yes. So if somebody has a list of images they want to use, all, they, all you have to do is point that property over to the folder where the images are contained. Exactly. That's great. So I have uh, three images in this weather folder, mm -hmm. and it is as simple as that. Um, and you'll see in just a moment it will uh, work seamlessly. I'm going to quickly just define the alerts data, and it's simply going to be a title for the alert. And I'm going to have a string with two words and 10 characters, not 104. 104. Wow. <laughs> it's Big be words. a really long word. <laughs> um, 10 characters in each word, and we'll just call this title. And this next one is also going to be a string, not a Boolean. This time I'm going to have a max of 10 words. I'll just do the same 10 characters max in each. We'll label this description. Okay. Okay, so we have our two data sets ready to go. Now let's go ahead and just quickly hook them up. Mm -hmm. um, I'm going to grab this collection for our weather data, and I'm going to drop it, simply drag and drop it onto the panorama item um, that you see here. So this would be like the five-day forecast for Redmond. Exactly. I'm going to go ahead and zoom in a little bit so we can see Let's see how accurate it is. A little bit better. <laughs> Hopefully not, because I think I have a lot of rain in here. You can right-click and do auto-fill on this, too. Can't you just like in Visual Studio? You're right. Yes. Where is that? Auto-size. Yeah. Auto-size. To fill. So, which is already done, but yeah. Yeah, okay. perfect. I just wanted to make sure that was still there. That is, and that's way better. I'm taking the long route. Um, so the next thing I'm going to do, just real quickly, is show some of the, um, the modifications that you can do to the data template to style it to suit your particular needs, and okay. it's very easily, easily done in Sketchflow. Um, to do that, I'm going to right-click on this list box, and I'm going to go to Edit Additional Templates, Edit Generated Items template, the item template, edit current. And that's the individual items with the cloud and the number in each one. Exactly. So as I select each item here in the object and timelines mm -hmm. panel, you'll see that those are highlighting. Um, and then I'm just going to quickly design like how I want these to look. And as you, you can see, it's going to be... So you're making the image bigger. Okay. Fairly simple to do. I'm going to group um, these two text blocks into a stack panel. And Make them horizontal, I assume? I'm going to do that yeah, in just a moment okay. and um, do a little bit of sizing to the text. I'm going to make it bigger so it's a little more readable. Okay. I'm going to grab this uh, bottom text item, that's the weather description, and move it to the top. And to do that, I just hit Control and then the left bracket. Oh, okay. um, keyboard shortcuts are always Yeah, fantastic. I've always dragged it. That's nice. You can use yeah. the Control key there. Um, now I'm going to go ahead and lay things out horizontally. I'm going to grab both the image and the stack panel that I've just wrapped around those two text blocks, mm -hmm. and I'm going to group them into another stack panel. I'm going to align those horizontally. I'm going to set the width to auto size, and things are looking close to the way that I want them to look. A little bit more tweaking, and we'll get a little bit closer. Um, so I want to set the margin on my image to 10 pixels, and I want to increase the size of the weather description just a little bit, just to make it a little bit more um, 
prominent in the, use, in the UI. So okay. something like you're seeing there. And the last thing I want to do is I want to add a little bit of visual interest on the um, temperature. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to set it to red. And in the actual application, I would probably hook this, most likely hook this up to the user-defined um, accent colors, you know, whatever right. the user specifies in their phone. Based upon um, this lighter dark background and then the accent color. Exactly. Um, so it, it makes it look a little bit, little bit more visually interesting. I could do a little bit more. I could uh, wrap the temperature in another text, you know, stack panel, add a couple of more text blocks, mm -hmm. and um, you know, maybe show like the high and the low temperature for that particular right. day. I'm just going to go ahead and skip over that. I think it's important that you do a little styling as you're showing here, but mm -hmm. you don't spend a ton of time on it because again, remember this is wireframes. Exactly, right? exactly. You've done enough though to convey the message. Exactly. So just just real quickly, so for you know demonstration purposes, um, when we actually hand this application off to stakeholders, mm -hmm. I'm just going to quickly um, style or add data to this second panorama item, and I've okay. moved it up by control um, left bracketing um, after selecting that. So panorama. it doesn't automatically shift when you select it. It doesn't. You have to move it up to the first one. Yeah. And remember to put it back when you're done. <laughs> it, yeah, exactly. So it is a little bit cumbersome, but okay. um, it just makes it easier to actually create your prototype All or right. your wireframe. Um, so let's do your trick. Um, so I think it was auto size. Auto or size. Yes. Yeah. Fill. Ta-da! That's perfect. And I'm just going to quickly. Edit the data template just to make it look a little bit more. Yep, kind of hard to read right now. Yeah, a little bit larger, a little bit more readable, a little bit more visually interesting. I'm just going to bump up the size to 18 on both of them. Yep. I know you're not changing fonts or embedding anything because it's again wireframe. Yeah, yeah, no need for that. Um, it really is about the functionality. Um, you can add, obviously, a little bit of visual interest, as I'm doing right now. Now, did you add some kind of a uh, background shadow that I didn't notice a moment ago? I didn't. Those are actually, because this is a panorama, mm -hmm. the, the clouds are kind of poking out to the side. But that horizontal, the vertical black line that's there, what's that from? That's the scroll bar. Oh, okay. That's the scroll bar, and I would probably get rid of it, um, but at this point mm -hmm. in our wireframing process, I'm just going to leave it as is, and I think we're ready to hand this off to the, our stakeholders and okay. get some feedback. So to do that, I would hand off um, the project, and it would look something like this when it was uh, viewed by our stakeholders. So you just press F5, run this, yep. opens up in the little Silverlight embedded sketch flow tool. Exactly. Um, so I'm able to see and it is fully interactive. I'm able to see my five-day weather forecast. Mm -hmm. I'm also able to look at my alert data. And things are working nicely. Let's imagine that I am the owner of the organization you know, that's building this application. I don't really see a lot of rev revenue opp opportunities. Let's say that, let's just imagine that there was um, a travel website that wanted to offer, offer revenue sharing. And I was thinking, oh, great. Well, you know, we could probably add some sort of like getaway information to our application. Um, and it's really not a stretch. It may sound like a stretch. Right. Go with me for a moment here. In Seattle, it's really rainy. It's oftentimes rainy. So how cool would it be to have this getaway information to quickly allow users to find like the nearest sunny location? It'd be pretty cool, right? Sure. So, so that's what we're going to do. And it offers the revenue um, opportunities for the business, so it'd be great. Let's also imagine 
So we're going to add a new panel for that, for, get, for getaways. Let's also imagine that maybe one of the internal developers working on this application is looking at the alert data and knows that there's more alert data available in the data set. We're only presenting kind of a sneak peek. This is a panorama. The idea is kind of like a magazine cover. Mm -hmm. You know, provide kind of a teaser into, you know, information, kind of highlight the information maybe within the data set or in within the application. Um, so we're not going to push a whole bunch of data onto this main page that you're seeing here. Instead, we're going to add an additional page to uh, allow us to view uh, more al uh, alert weather data. Okay, so, so we're instead of cramming it all in here, we're going to leave the header information there, yep. and you'll dive into it through another page. Exactly. So we have, so let's imagine that's our stakeholder feedback, and let's go ahead and add some of this functionality um, into our application. And I happen to have... So we storm out of the room, we say, we don't like their ideas. <laughs> we'll do it anyway. Exactly. And luckily, you happen to bring another version of the project with you. I do, so I don't have to walk through the process of building these new pages that we're going to, mm -hmm. you know, that we're planning to add to our application. Instead, they're already in here, and I'm just going to show you how quickly and easily you can add. Um, it's kind of like a cooking show when they say, and here's how you put it together, and 30 minutes later, this is boom. what it creates. <laughs> it's all done. Um, <laughs> I am going to show you kind of a, a, a little a little bit of additional functionality that's available in Sketchflow, such okay. as the ability to add like add like navigation to the various pages. Yeah, which um, is very helpful. It is definitely. So, um, and I'll just quickly walk through what we have here. So I have an alerts page. So you can tell me the difference uh, between the blue and the purple uh, rectangles at the bottom. So these are the ones uh, that, again, were provided in these Sketchflow templates, mm -hmm. the expression uh, team created. They're actually user controls, the purple ones? Um, they are actually user controls, and you can color them different colors. They color them this way so that you can quickly identify that these are, you know, for the home functionality, the uh, search functionality, and the application list. So you kind of get this stuff for default. Which is the they recommend you starting with. It, exactly. So, okay. and you can color um, all of this stuff. So the color doesn't mean one's a user control, one is something else. It just means that there are different kinds of user controls for the application. Yeah, and it really is kind. Of, it it really is functionality that you can take advantage of. As you see, I kind of maybe I want to color different pages um, different ways sure. so that I can quickly identify them as I'm like prototyping my application. Like dialogue, sometimes I'll do in the red. Exactly. So I have that those capabilities available to me okay. here, which is really, really nice and convenient. Um, so let's just take a look real quickly um, down in the Sketchflow map at our pages that we're adding. We have our alert details, and I double-click on getaways. We have an, a getaways page. Again, these are all, I have them already predefined so that I can work quickly. Mm -hmm. We have an IE page. This would be, imagine, you know, when you actually want to purchase one of those trips that we were talking about, the revenue sharing opportunities, you actually go to the, the um, uh, the trip vendor's website okay. to purchase the trip. Um, so that's why the UI is so simple there. And we also have a settings page that allows you to kind of specify potentially your preferences for the getaways as a okay. user of this application. So those, those are the pages that we're seeing here. Um, I also have this little snippet, and I'm just going to quickly open it. This contains the additional panorama item that I'm going to add to my main screen. And it is the panorama item for our getaways UI. And I will move it into so now we're have view. The weather, the alerts, and the getaways. Mm -hmm. And now, how did you add that there? I saw you hit a few 
controls there? Did you drag the snippet over, or what did you do? I simply copied and pasted, so I control control I'm control C control V right, to create um, a new panel item. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then how did you get the getaways into there? Oh, sorry. Um, I know I was being a little sneaky here. So I have in this snippet. Mm -hmm. Um, just to make my, this is solely for demo purposes, I created this um, panorama item. Okay. Kind of as a pre-canned bit of XAML so that I could quickly oh, paste so it in place. Oh, that's the one Yeah, sorry. It. Gotcha. I didn't make that very clear. Um, so okay, yes, that's, slow that's how it magically got in here. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, wow, you, you created a panel item and it just had this image in it. Isn't that crazy? Um, yeah, so imagine that this is, again, this is a wireframe. The images are a little bit sketchy. Um, I did that intentionally, and Sketchflow fully supports that. Um, I'm also using Greeking text because I don't have the specifics worked out um, for the text that I'm going to include here. But that's okay. This is a wireframe. I can send it out in its yep. current state even and get feedback on many aspects of the user experience. I'd like to go to Ipsumolia. Me too. <laughs> Where is that? Um, okay, so now that I've added this new bit of functionality mm -hmm. that the owner of the business wanted to add, um, let's go ahead and just real quickly, I just want to show you how easy it is to add navigation from one of these items in the getaways um, panel here um, to the actual page to that the displays. Page. Yeah, okay. that displays the getaway information. So somebody says they want to go to Ipsomolia. I want to find out more information. They click that. Where where is this place? How do you navigate? <laughs> So what I'm going to do is I'm going to go to... Where else can you find out this new destination? <laughs> Silverlight TV. It's got to be fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to go to uh, the behavior in the, the assets tab, select behaviors, and then I'm going to go to navigate to screen. And I'm, I've selected the image that um, is going to allow me to navigate to the getaways details. Right. And I'm just simply going to double click on the navigate to screen. Yep. And you could drag it on there either I way. I could, exactly. It, it drops it into place. The key for me is always sometimes I screw that up, but I always make sure I look in the objects and timeline afterwards to make sure I put it on the right thing. I do too. Yeah. I do too, definitely. Because sometimes you don't select things more you know, than once intended I run it and, and it doesn't work. And I'm, what's going on? Because I added it to a <laughs> button somewhere else. Yeah, exactly. Um, so after you do drop this on, in, in place, you go mm -hmm. to the Properties tab, and you have the option of selecting the event that's going to trigger this pa page navigation. I'm going to do it on mouse button down. Um, that was already predefined for me. And then I want to target the getaway screen. So it's as simple as that. Um, and I'm not going to go any deeper. I'll just uh, show you what we have now. Um, let's go ahead and run the application yep. and take a look at its current state. And it's another opportunity at this point in time to get feedback. This time we're going to get feedback. Let's imagine usability feedback. And we know we may not be done. For example, we didn't do the details and the alerts yet. Right. But this is a good iterating point to see what kind of feedback we get. Exactly. All right. So I'm going to zoom out so we can see the full screen. Um, you clicked on it, and we go right to our new screen. Yep, we go to our new screen. I don't have the purchase trip at travel website hooked up, um, and I actually do want to hook that up really quickly. So I apologize, John. That's okay. That's the, that's the one that goes to IE. So it actually goes to the getaway details, and then to exactly. The web so browser. let me just show you. Let's just hook that up super fast again. Select the item. I've selected it on the design surface. Mm -hmm. I'm going to click the navigate to screen. And they've also got to navigate back and navigate forward, Ex which uses the back stack. Yeah, exactly. Which is really just a stack. It's not just a back stack, because you can go forward in it, too. Yeah, 
Yeah. Exactly. Um, so I've hooked that up, and the next thing that I want to hook up just very quickly is I'm going to select this application bar that's in the UI down here. These, are, these controls are all provided in the Sketchflow templates for you. You can take advantage of them very okay. easily. So I'm going to... So you have an app bar with nothing in it right now. I have an app bar in the menu. There is a settings button, and you'll see that in just a moment. I know I'm kind of hiding things from you, mm -hmm. um, so bear with me for a moment. But for the settings button, of course, I want to navigate to the settings tab. So let's go ahead and just exact same process, hook that up very quickly. Okay. Navigate to screen. We want to nav navigate to our settings page. And now we're ready to go and get usability feedback. And we happen to have all these pages defined already. We do. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So we zoom out. So let's zoom out. Let's go ahead what and What is Simulia? I don't know. <laughs> Getaway details on Ipsomolia. And if I do want to purchase this trip, I can click on this button. It will navigate me to the Internet. It will open Internet Explorer and open the travel website, allowing me to purchase it. Okay. I can click this back button. All of this, these back button, the Windows button, and the search button were all hooked up in the templates by right. default. Right, we don't have to put those into behaviors. Yeah, which is great. Makes it a little bit easier. Um, next, I'm going to click on the menu button that you see down in the ap application bar mm -hmm. and click on settings. And I see the settings. There's not a lot of detail here, so let's just imagine that there were settings that would allow me as a user to specify the types of getaways that I want to see in this application. Um, and that's another thing you get hung up on too. Is here the settings themselves? They're nonsense words here. They're, yeah. But this is also to convey that we don't know what those settings are going to be yet. Exactly. Whatever they're going to be, we're going to put them here. Exactly. Exactly. I. Um, I don't want to stop here, um, so I'm going to kind of try to describe what I plan to have happen mm -hmm. um, as I selected this text block. Um, there is the key, the, the on-screen keyboard. It was supposed to pop up, and it was supposed to obscure this Accept Changes button. Okay. So imagine with me that that actually did happen. Because when you normally type in a, in a phone, you get the keyboard pop yep. up. So anything on the lower portion of the screen gets covered. It does, it does. Which is a usability? It is, definitely a usability problem. It makes it a little bit more difficult, you know, because you have to yeah. figure out how to dismiss that keyboard. It can be a little bit cumbersome. So a better solution would be to add an application bar with an accept or, you know, a cancel button down at the bottom. So we're going to go through the process of doing that. Okay. Um, one more thing that I want to call attention to is when I click on these buttons, there's no feedback. Um, it does, you don't have to have feedback. It just it is a much better user experience if, when things are interactive and navigate to additional pages, to mm -hmm. have some sort of feedback. So we're gonna I'm gonna Can show you an example. To, what kind of feedback you'd be looking for? So let's imagine that um, when I press on it, that it kind of tilts or moves a little bit, or right. maybe it got, gets bigger, or maybe um, the color changes. You know, you often see that. We're not talking blink tag for three seconds, but we're talking just no. something very subtle, just to let the user know. You went from here to there. Exactly. Yeah, because I've been on some apps where you, you click a button, you go somewhere, and you don't even realize the page changed at some sometimes. It, exactly. You know, and another thing is, is like some of the um, elements on this, you know, this this experience mm -hmm. are not they don't navigate you anywhere. So you you know you might try clicking on, um, for instance, this like one of the five yeah. day weather forecast I want details items, about and it's that not day. you're not going to be able to do that. So it's just nice to add a little bit of like user feedback for interactions the user might take with sure. the device. And again, this applies to phone, but it, um, in this particular case, but it definitely applies to like desktop and various other types of applications that you might create as well. Um, so let's go ahead and add that. And again... Okay. I think minor transitions can be really helpful. It makes it a little bit more... 
fun and in, like involved, it really kind of draws the user in a little mm -hmm. bit more as well. So um, just more interest for the user. Um, so it's beneficial in many, with in many respects. So again, I have a application that I'm going to work from. How handy! I know. <laughs> Karina always comes prepared. Move a little bit faster. You, you may be my most prepared <laughs> guest every time too. And when it opens, I'm going to zoom out. I just hit Control Zero to zoom out. In so case here we're looking at adding some kind of feedback and handling mm -hmm. the keyboard pop-up message. Exactly. Okay. So I'm going to start on the alert um, panorama item. Um, actually, I'm just going to walk through the process of adding feedback on the mm -hmm. alerts panorama items. So um, to do that, I'm going to expand the panorama item, expand the grid. Uh, get to my list box. I'm going to go into the individual items, the data template for this list box. That is an edit additional templates item template. Edit current. Um, and in these items here, what I'm going to do, I'm going to start actually by adding some states. I'm going to add a state group. Then I'm going to add a normal state. I'm just going to label it normal. I'm going to add one more state. It's kind of your default state. Yeah, exactly. I'm going to add a press state. Simple as that. On pressed, what I want to have happen is I want it to tilt a little bit. I kind of like the tilt effect that you see in the phone user okay. interface. So was this a skew transform? Yeah, it's kind of doing a little bit of a tilt effect. Mm -hmm. Am I working on the right? I always just... have to put my finger over the tab, my mouse, just to make sure it's the right uh, transform. <laughs> Yeah, I think I I think I'm actually working on the wrong panorama item. So let's uh let me start over. <laughs> Go into the alerts list box, edit its item template. Ah, good point. Let's just do this real quickly. I should have noticed this sooner. Um, normal. Which you won't change anything on? Nope. Uh, pressed. Select my stack panel. I'm going to add a little bit of a tilt effect. I don't think you're in the... Yeah, so you okay. can see it. You can see it tilting now, so okay, I'm, I'm doing the right thing, um, and I'm visually seeing it, which is good. Um, so the next thing that I want to do is I'm going to go back to my base state. I'm going to go to Assets and Behaviors, and I'm going to go down to this Go To State action, mm -hmm. and I'm just going to double-click to apply it to my stack panel. Right, because just having the state isn't good enough. You have to tell it when to be invoked. Exactly. So I'm going to do it on mouse down. On mouse down, I want to invoke the press state. So I'm going to select pressed. Mm -hmm. I'm also going to um, add one more. Select my stack panel. Add one more go to state action. On mouse button up, I want to go back to normal. Okay. So we have those hooked up. Now let's quickly take so on a mouse down. It'll move it. On mouse up, it'll let go. Exactly. Exactly. So I have that hooked up. We'll see it here in a moment. Um, and let's quickly fix this usability issue that we discussed. You had to imagine with me. With the keyboard, yeah. <laughs> with the keyboard. So what I'm going to do is I'm just simply going to delete this accept changes button. Mm -hmm. It's as simple as that. Here is my keyboard. I do have it in there here. I'm going to go to the assets tab and I'm going to look for application bar mockup. And I'm going to drag that onto the screen. I am going to, um, where is that, Phil? Uh, the auto size fill? Or yes, sorry, that? I, that's exactly what I'm looking for. Um, height is auto, and I want to align to the bottom, and I'm not working on... I think on, it's inside of your checkbox. I think you're right. Let's just move that out. 
let's move that up to, sorry, I'm, I'm undoing that because I actually dragged it to the parent item and it deleted everything right, that was in my place. UI. So I'm going to actually like drag it up to the layout route and it will drop it at the bottom um, just to get the effect that I actually want. Yeah, and right now it's showing at the top because you have a margin of 700 on yeah. it. So, yeah, we don't want okay. that. That was confusing. So, I know. All right, I got it. So now we have it aligning, aligning to the bottom, and I am going to, because this is a prototype, um, the effect that we want is once you make your changes, um, you, you want the changes obviously to be applied, and mm -hmm. then you want to navigate back to the previous page. If you just say, okay, I don't want to apply any changes here, I may have applied changes, and I, I just want to cancel it, I would hit the X button. Again, yep. I'm going to navigate back to the previous page. So I'm just going to hook that back navigation up real quickly. Okay. Delete the stack panel for the menu items because I don't need that. I'm going to go into the stack panel for the application bar buttons. Um, I'm going to go up to my behaviors here, and I'm going to go to navigate backward, navigate back action. Yeah, which I'm is the behavior we mentioned earlier. Yeah, exactly. Double click it. I'm going to control click on it and drag it to the button that is below. Um, and now I think I'm ready to run the application, and I think, I think you're going to see a much mm -hmm. better user experience. So let's go ahead and do that. And this is really a great point to pass this around to stakeholders and kind of get buy-off on the user experience. Let me zoom out. Okay, so we added, at first we added the uh, tilt, I guess we call it. Yes, yes, so we added the tilt. As you can see, mm -hmm. mouse button down, it's tilting. Mouse button up, I'm, it's, it's tilting back and I'm navigating to my alerts page. Um, if I click the back button, um, I've actually hooked them, hooked up the tilt effect on all of the other items here. I just sneakily did it on that particular list box that we were looking at. Right. So you'll get the same effect on the, the getaway details here. If I go down to our settings, let's take a look at the user experience that we addressed, the usability issue that we addressed that had to do with that particular mm -hmm. button. When I click on this text block, uh, text box, now the pops keyboard pops up. Again, the button would have been obscured. It would have yep. been a little bit difficult to con you but know, reach it. now you've got your little application bar, which works fine. Exactly. So I can accept my changes or, you know, decline my changes, and I'm, those are, you know, it's applied as I intended, and then Great. I navigate back to the previous page. And I have a full working prototype that depicts the target user experience, and we, it's, it's, it's really a great tool to get feedback from everybody involved in the process and make sure everybody's on the same page. And for page. those who really want to get into Schedule, we've got a two-part episode from Janet Perez from a couple months ago where we went through all the feedback tools and how you create these and distribute them uh, throughout your co corporation. So they don't have to have have blend and schedule yeah. to run it. Just exactly. have to have a website internally, which is really, really helpful. It is definitely really helpful. Helpful for iterating on it and getting the right experience before moving to implementation. Yeah. Saving a lot of money potentially. Crane, you've been great, and I appreciate you coming on the show this time and the other times and helping me out. And I think we're talking about doing some future videos as well. Yes. But I wanted to thank you and thank everybody else because this thank is you. a big announcement for us. will be our last Silverlight TV episode before build here. Uh, going to take a couple weeks off getting ready for this big conference we have coming up, which I hope to see many of you at. If you got it up there? Yep. Cool. Um, at buildwindows.com. So this will be the last Silverlight TV episode. We've done over 80 episodes, over 4 million views. Wow. Which is, thank you guys so much for being, uh, for watching and for it's amazing. coming on. Thank and, you. And uh, it's not the end, though. There'll be something else coming. So after build, uh, hopefully you'll see more of me and we'll have some good topics to talk about. So sure. I thank you all for watching, and thanks for uh, coming on Silverlight TV. Thank you. Thank you, John.